This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, last week we, uh, we've been on this series on the book of Philippians, and we're going to try to catch up. Uh, cruise through and and see what the Lord has really wanted to say to us this morning. I will say that I did not, uh, I don't call Bryce and I don't tell him, hey, I want you to sing these four, four songs. Sometimes I'll send a request and then he'll respond, never heard of it. Uh, just kidding. Or he'll say, uh, we did that last week. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Uh, no wonder I like it. <laughs> it's in my head. Uh, but I don't, we don't coordinate uh, message with uh, the, the the song selection. And I definitely did not coordinate with Eric on what he was going to say uh, after our worship time. But I will tell you, the Lord is going to sew this all together. Uh, He's doing something really neat uh, in our service this morning. So we've been talking about Philippians, and and if you look in the very beginning, uh, Paul calls the church, and Philippi calls them saints. And saints is uh, a word, he doesn't actually know everybody, personally, but he is making a statement, and if you look in Philippians in the first part chapter, he's calling them saints, and he's making a a declaration. He's letting them know that, hey, you were once uh, not on the team, but now you are on the team. Now you are a saint, and even though that person who might be called a saint may not feel like they're a saint, but it's something that the Lord is going to encourage them and grow them and live up to that that title, that new title that they have, being a saint. You know, we were once lost, but now we're found. And so uh, later on in that chapter, we talked about what do we do about suffering? How do we handle suffering? And, and uh, we didn't try to explain the reasons why suffering happens and bad things happen to good people, but how do we respond when those circumstances come? I believe it can be in suffering that we can be the greatest light to a world that doesn't understand uh, the, the things that happen to all of us. And there's none of us, who, none of us are immune to bad things happening. I imagine this week alone something happened that maybe uh, wasn't what you hoped and planned for. But it's how we respond. And so then last week we talked about, uh, we, uh, we talked about Paul is now in chapter 2 going to set up a scenario that if you have a relationship with Christ, if you've had any relationship with Christ, then there's a if-then statement. If you've had uh, any, any interaction with Jesus, then there's a then. Then if you believe in Jesus, then uh, certain things should occur. To make the statement true. And then Paul talks about uh, unity. He talks about unity. If you are in Christ, then there should be unity. It is interesting because throughout scripture we'll see there's other if-thens, but he chose on unity. And one of the things I love about unity is that it's it's kind of a big picture. It's so, uh, but he's saying it's important. It's important for the church to be united. If any of you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, and he's going to say this is what should result. And Paul's setting up a critical scenario. He wants to build a case based on where if someone is in Christ, then something of a consequence should result. 
there should be a fruit. If you draw anything from Christ, if you gain anything from his companionship, his presence, any of those things, then there's something that's going to be following. And this is powerful. This is powerful, and this is for all of us. God is going to speak to you this morning. He's speaking to me. And again, he's going to sew all this together. Uh, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have tried to sew it together, nor would I want to try to do that. So Paul is purposefully painting in broad strokes. If, if you have, it doesn't matter where you are in Christ, you could be on fire for Christ or you could be like uh, maybe crossing your arms in Christ this morning. Like uh, you know him, you, you, you believe in him, but you're not really living for him because there's some, um, as my kids would call it, some beef between you and God. And so, but that's okay because Paul is painting in broad Strokes. He's going to say, if no matter where you're at, there's got to be a then, though. If you have any connection with Christ, there's a then. So uh, this is going to uh, encompass all of us. He's speaking to all of us. Then he says this. Here's the decisive statement. Here's the then. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, by being in unity, it doesn't mean that you have to all think the same. The like-mindedness is the self, it is the focus on Christ. It doesn't mean that you all have to like, uh, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. You all have to like, you know, whatever. There's a million things that we all have different tastes. So like-mindedness is in our commitment to follow Jesus. You know, I saw this funny clip, and I've never watched the show, I don't think. But it was a little clip from a show called, uh, I think it was called Modern Family. And it's a clip where they were talking about if the parents were to die, who would take the baby? And they chose a family member. Uh, and it was a surprise because it wasn't the other family member. And that was the end of the clip. It was funny, I think. Uh, but I, I could see how right then and there, there could be some disunity among the family. Because the family that was not chosen to raise the kid can all of a sudden, you can feel like, well, why didn't they choose us? Why, there's, you know, what's wrong with me? Why did they choose them? Don't they know who they are? And I could just easily see how disunity can flow right into that family or a family. And same thing in church and same in our journey with Jesus is that there's so many things that can maybe put a pebble in our, in our shoe to create this angst that we start losing focus and that we're no longer unified and like-minded in following Jesus. Last week we made fun of the Gators, and so, but it, you know, I made light of it because really that's it's it's light. It's not something that is it should impact my relationship with my brother, sister, and the Lord. You know, it shouldn't be uh, political opinions, or shouldn't be uh, you know. Uh, political figure or, or teams or universities or pro teams 
all those things, they're, those are light issues. Those are things that should never make me lose focus on following Christ and being united, encouraging. So I would challenge every person here is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Make him the focus. I use the example of uh, one of the things I love about going to a football game here at Florida State is that I'm amazed because I don't know anybody sitting around me. I don't really know them. I mean, uh, I'm just like, hey, hey, and that's it. Uh, but we're all focused on seeing our team win. And of course, there's that one person who sold the tickets to the opposing team fans, and we wish they weren't sitting next to us. Uh, but, you know, everybody's focused. Everybody's focused on Jesus. So again, Paul is saying, if you have any relationship with Christ, then there should be a Christ-like life. life. If you have any relationship with Jesus, then... Your life should resemble that relationship, should respond to that relationship, should uh, imitate that relationship. So if you don't have anything to do with Jesus, okay, this is Paul talking to the church. So how you treat one another, and Eric talked about that, should be a direct, direct connection to the if part if you have relationship with Christ you don't if you if you've had some sort of relationship with Christ then it should express itself in a way that brings honor to Jesus and especially in Paul talks about unity so let me encourage you this morning if there's an if in your life then there should be some Christ life Christ-likeness in our lives. I want to switch to um, towards the end of our service here. Uh, again, we're not talking about unanimity, that we all have to like the same things and same trivial things. You know, one time, uh, we never had this problem, but this carpet used to be red. Um, and uh, we changed it about two years ago. Uh, we never had an issue like this should be, you know, how come it's got a little bit, how should it have more gray tones in it or less brown tones in it? That's what I think. Uh, so, uh, you know, we chose the, 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 the carpet. But I've heard of stories where churches would split over the carpet color of the new church. And I'm thinking, how silly is that? And, and, it's, and it sounds silly, but I could see how if you're not focused on Christ, that these things will get in the way. You know, when we first moved into this building, the, the pews are here. These are original pews. The church is built in 1949. And I have pictures from 1951, and these pews are here. And then if you go downstairs to the fellowship hall, uh, that table was originally up top here in the front. But when we moved here, we actually had a whole bunch of uh, really nice, comfortable chairs from our previous location. And the question was, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep the pews or, and bring in the chairs? Are we going to do that? You know what? And, and it, the neat thing is that there, people had opinions, but nobody, it wasn't enough. It wasn't going to uh, split our church. Because we are united. We want to bring uh, the likeness of Christ in our lives and in this fellowship. So it doesn't have to be uniformity, but there is unity. And that means that we work through conflicts and that we avoid slander and gossip and be generous in spirit. Because that's what Paul is hoping for in the church in Philippi. 
And then we talked about unity represents who God is and the triune God, that there's this mystery of communion between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And so unity is we are, uh, and we're in unity, we are expressing the character of God. It's a mystery. You can't explain the Trinity completely. It's a mystery, but that doesn't mean it's uh, not understandable and it doesn't mean it's not true. But God has given us the example of community and unity. But how we do that, it takes humility. It takes humility. In Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. This verse is something that we believe in in our church. It's why we pray for other churches every morning. Every Sunday morning, you'll hear us talk about, and sometimes we'll name churches. And I do. I, I pray for the churches that believe in Jesus Christ, the, the, the physical risen body of Jesus raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father, and he'll come back to judge the living and the dead. We're praying for these churches, like the ones on Thomasville Road Baptist and the Missionary Alliance Church right after, uh, across the street and um, Freedom Church right here. There's a new church up on North Monroe when I pick up my mother-in-law. I pray for them. I pray that God would bless them. And, but in humility, it says, how do we keep united? But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but also the interest of others. Humility will bring unity. Pride will bring disunity. I just think of how uh, Pride can separate. And just again, thank you, Jesus, for being the example of humility in our world. Jesus is the supreme example. It goes on in verse 5 and 8 through 8 in Philippians. Your attitude should be the same of Jesus Christ, who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, you know, pictures of Jesus on the cross or if you have seen movies about Jesus uh, dying on the cross. Uh, typically, we're going to get the, the nice version, which means that he's covered. He's got some sort of loincloth on. But the reality is the, the whole, one of the roles not only is to make uh, the person on the cross suffer, but it's to humiliate them. them. So they're up there... Uh, naked on the cross, you know, so mom can see them and, and friends and, and nieces and nephew, cousins, everybody can see uh, the person that's on the cross completely uh, naked, nothing hidden. And I think of our Jesus who's willing to humble himself for, for us. And so Paul is admonishing us to, to take that same attitude and to to uh, be willing to be humble with one another. I may not like the team you're rooting for, but I'm going to love you. Uh, one of the challenges I remember, uh, Ross is not here this morning to defend himself, but uh, the whole time I thought he was a Florida State fan and it turned out that I learned that he wasn't. And um, I'm going to be confessing something to you. This is kind of silly. Is that I was really angry at him. <laughs> 
Because after the, you know, we all went to the game together, Florida, Florida State game, and we got destroyed three years ago. And, and Ross was gloating. And, but it caught me off guard. I thought, wait a second, you should be in mourning with me. And he was gloating. And uh, I, I really, and that game was on a Saturday. I had a hard time Sunday. And I'm being straight up with you. I had a hard time with him because I thought he was something else. And it turns out, you know, he, he wasn't. And I realized that the Lord said, this is silly. It's silly. And a lot of the things that we may want to find reasons to separate ourselves from someone, if you look at it in a big, and you back up and you try to see it through the lens of Christ, it's silly. It's silly. Verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I want to switch, switch um, uh, focus for a second. And if you look at John 13, 34, it says, A new command I give you, to love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's another if-then. And Paul is alluding to this passage. You, they can, the world, he's given the, the world a, a way to judge us. Giving them permission to judge us. Everyone will know that you're my disciples if we love one another. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind, being focused on Christ. Live in peace, and the God of love will, and peace will be with you. And then he goes on in verse 12. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. I shared a message like this uh, a year ago, um, and it's a portion of that message but the question is, what kind of people worship here at Mosaic Church? Well, they, if we have some new people here, they should be able to tell what kind of people. It's a little, little picture. It's not the big picture, but a little picture of what kind of people worship here at Mosaic Church. You know, there's views of how we got here. There's some people think that we just got here by chance. Uh, some people don't think we really exist, uh, but then... We believe as believers that God spoke us into existence and that we believe that every person has value. Every person has value. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And so I'd like to bring this uh, passage from MLK. Uh, it's a letter from Birmingham Jail. I'd like for you to listen. I just, here's a picture. This is what Martin Luther King says. There are two types of laws, just and unjust. A just law is a man, a man-made code that squares with the moral law or the law of God. An unjust law is a code that is out of harmony with the moral law. Any law that uplifts human personality is just, and any law that degrades human personality is unjust. All segregation statutes, laws, are unjust because segregation distorts the soul and damages the personality. I think this is a, a beautiful message 
that coincides with Scripture, because it is, it is Scripture. That he's saying that if, he's saying this, if, if, uh, if you're a human being, that you have worth given by God, regardless what other human beings might say. It is interesting that Martin Luther King claims and he holds on to a law that is above man's law. And what is that law? It's a law from, from God's word. It's, it's from scripture. I do find it ironic, and I've said this last year, that tomorrow our nation will celebrate MLK Day, and we're going to celebrate a man who had Christian convictions, and he, God used him to change our nation decades ago, but at the same time, we're going to reject his Christian convictions. I'm saying you can't split the guy. Who he is is because of his Christian convictions. But sadly, if there was a new MLK with Christian convictions, I believe that he would have even a greater challenge today. But how we treat one another... How we stay focused in Christ and be united tells, says a lot about our worldview. We believe people are made in the image of God. And we need to seek Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, we don't do that anymore. Thank the Lord, right? <laughs> uh, uh, there was uh, one, of, one of my bosses a long, long time ago. He did that. He He'd grab you by the head and kiss you, kiss you. You didn't have a choice. And, uh, and then he'd slap you across the face. Uh, <laughs> and that was just his signature greeting. Um, and, but he meant it. He literally meant it. Finally, brothers, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another. Be of one mind and live in peace. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. When they say greet, it means embrace one another with value. I've shared this message a zillion times, this, this portion of this message. But it's when we say hello to one another, we're saying that God you, thank you for giving that person value. When we ignore people on purpose, we're saying that you're not worthy of any time or value. Yeah, we worship Jesus with raising our hands. I like to do that. I like to, uh, I like to um, bend my knee to Christ. Uh, when my knee's allowed, I like to jump for Jesus. But man, there's also another way is how we greet one another. How we greet one another. How we genuinely care for one another. Jesus warns the Pharisees, he says in Luke 11, what sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income of your herb garden, but you ignore justice and the love of God. 
Yes, you should tithe, but do not neglect the the more important thing. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seat of honor in the synagogues and receive greetings. Then he goes on, he says, sorrow awaits for you, for you are like hidden graves in the field. Because people will walk over them and not, without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. Pharisees are people who say, here I am. Christ followers are saying, there you are. I don't mean to pick on Miss Rosa, but I haven't seen you in a few weeks. I know you've been with family and friends, but I, it was so good to see you this morning, come through those doors this morning. Uh, Miss Rosa makes our church better. You know, just picking on people in the front. Britain, you make our church better. Thank you. Now, we have a, a young man in our church who does a very good job of greeting. You guys know who that is? I think we're all thinking the same thing, but I know it's me, but... Um, I shared this last year, and he, he was downstairs serving. But I just want to say... Eric, you're a very good greeter, but it's not surface greeting. It's not like, hey, hey, how are you doing? You don't really care uh, how someone is doing. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I struggle with that because my mind's going. (laughs) My wife is trying to heal me of that situation. Uh, She goes, you know, you didn't even look at them in the eye. You were looking past. I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I'll work on it. Uh, Eric doesn't do that. Uh, Eric is really good at seeing the value of people in others. He may not be kissing you on the cheek, thank the Lord, right? But he is greeting you with value. And so when people want to know what kind of God we worship, we worship Jesus. Hopefully that's not vague. And if we have relationship with Jesus, then it expresses itself in unity, which means uh, humility and love, and it expresses ourselves in how we interact and love one another, and that there's unity and focus in Jesus. So my goal isn't to make Ross into a Seminole fan, but my goal is, as as a follower of Jesus to help him focus on Jesus, which would make him a Seminole fan, right? Uh, And the same for me. The goal is not for me to like your music or for you to like my music. Our goal is if there's any relationship in Jesus, then it should express ourselves in unity, love, and humility and how we uh, care for one another. Jesus is telling his disciples with this whole Pharisee story is to be incredibly generous with our greetings. In Matthew 5, it says, Jesus says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. In a way that you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. When we love our neighbors, love those who don't like us, 
and we pray for our enemies, we will be acting as true children of your Father. If you have Christ in your heart, then it expresses itself by loving your neighbor, even those who hate you, your enemies. And Jesus is telling us to be very, very generous with how we love one another and our greetings. Put our differences aside, skin color, personality. I used to be really big on personality traits. Uh, the new thing is the Enneagram. But, um, but you know, I used to think uh, sometimes, um, you know, people who are really loud used to get on my nerve or really bossy. Uh, Rhea's looking back there. She's laughing because we worked together for 19 years. But uh, I, used to have, I used to have a hard time with bossy people, right? <laughs> don't, go, don't go into details, okay? So, uh, and, uh, or how about social status? You know, are we just friendly to people who are in our same social status? I sent a funny video to Jeremy Sundin, which they just had their baby last week. Uh, Kristen Sundin, beautiful baby. And uh, there's a funny video about this pastor. He's so cool. He's got the hoodie and he's, he's got the torn jeans and he's got the, um, the vest, the puffy vest. One day I'm going to show up like that. Uh, and uh, and. It was, it was a funny video, and they said, hey, do we call you Pastor Chris? And he goes, no, just call me Pastor. I mean, just call me Chris, because I don't want anything to separate me from my, from my congregation, except economically. And so that's the joke. Uh, so uh, Jeremy uh, jokingly sent me, he says, that's hilarious. Is that because, do you feel that way because you live in the 32312 uh, area code? I'm like, oh. Um, and so... Anyway, so we, we, we should always be united, even with people who are different social status, economic status, um, and put those differences aside because they're petty. Let us take the initiative, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives that expresses itself in initiating the greeting, done in love in the name of Jesus. That's how people will know what kind of Jesus we serve here. To greet one another with kindness and sincerity. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We're going to sing their second song. Maybe there's someone that, uh, you know, back in the day when I was just a college pastor, I used to ask our staff, our team, to befriend the lady that cleans your dorm room. And part of their goal was to, they needed to know her name and, and be able to pray, or him, pray for him or her in the dorm room. And so let me encourage you this morning that, to look past your, your uh, and I know, I pray to God it's not a skin color issue here in our church, or um, a social status, or economic status, that you would say, God, help me to, to love people in every every strata in, in those around me. It's so easy to just to be with people who look and sound just like us. But I believe if you have a relationship with Jesus, then it fleshes out in unity, humility, and love one for another. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your goodness. We pray that you would help us to be more like you. Help us not to focus on the silly things, 
But Lord, help us to focus on things that have eternal value. People, people who are made in your image. Lord, I can um, be kind to someone I totally disagree with. Help me to be that person. Help me to be understanding, even though I totally disagree. I pray that the Spirit of Christ would be flowing in me, that the person I disagree with would know that Jesus is in my life. Help us as a church, help Mosaic Church to be truly, kind of live up to the name of different shapes and sizes, different colors. But Lord, help us to be focused on you, Jesus. And we bow our knee to Jesus. We bow our knee to Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let's go ahead and stand. I believe this is a song on... Um, by faith, stand on solid rock. You know, uh, I love that song. Uh, but if you look at the scripture, it really talks about walking in obedience. The, the man who builds his house on the rock is someone who hears his word and acts on it. So if you have faith in Christ, then it fleshes it out in obedience. Let's sing this in. We'll uh, wrap our time up this morning. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.